0: What if you could be doing something smarter with your money that creates income right now if you're an it professional who's wanting to get ahead financially and enjoy greater freedom of choice and if you wondered who else in tech is creating ways to make their money work for them and you want actionable ideas with honest pros and cons and no fluff welcome to the richer geek podcast we're helping it professionals find creative ways to build wealth and financial freedom I'm your host, Nicole Stoller, and in this podcast, you'll hear from others who are already doing these things and learn how you can too. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Richer Geek podcast. I found today's guest on bigger pockets but we're not going to talk about real estate it was interesting because I will go and look for guests both on bigger pockets and also LinkedIn I will look for people where I will search for tech and then maybe I'll say franchise or I might say real estate and I'm not sure exactly what search I put in in bigger pockets but Yuri Robinson came up because he's in tech And he has an e-commerce business selling collegiate apparel. And I thought that was very fascinating. So I reached out to Yuri. We're going to get into the details of that particular e-commerce business. But right before we actually recorded the session, he was telling me another investment that he works on is investing in government contracts, which I think is a whole separate conversation that we can absolutely talk about. And that should be a follow-up. But in the meantime, I'm pleased to introduce Yuri Robinson. He is co-founder of Robinson Consulting Group and owner of SoCo's Beads, which we will be talking about today. Let's jump into the show. Yuri, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, how's it going? Glad to be here. Glad to talk about all things business. (laughs)
0: <laughs> you you have such a diverse background. We were chatting before we actually officially started recording and we're going to do a couple of episodes with you because I love it. You're, you're doing so many interesting different things and also have a tech background, which is always uh, near and dear to my heart. So tell us a little bit about your background first before we dive into today's topic.
1: Yeah, so I'm uh, I'm here in the D.C. metro area. Um, I'm originally from Fayetteville, North Carolina, so I'm a military brat, have kind of traveled to a lot of places, uh, California, Korea, uh, Jersey, Texas, uh, Maryland, a lot of locations, right? <laughs> and so um, I graduated with a degree in computer science and um, one of the things, as I was graduating, I, I started to interview a lot with different tech companies, and the the interesting thing was that I did not uh, receive an offer until one certain action that I did, which was upgrade. Um, my career builder account to like platinum level for 30 days. And w- within like a week, I had like eight interviews up here in the DC metro area. And so I was like, wow, is that all I had to do to, to get an interview? And so um, I started working up here in uh, the DC metro area for Lockheed Martin, which is a fairly well-known uh, defense company. Um, after a couple years there, I realized how much that company was making in comparison to how much they paid me. And so I was like, Hmm, I probably should start, you know, my own company. And so uh, I've been uh, helping run Robinson Consulting Group uh, here in the DC Metro area recently uh, doing systems engineering support to various government entities and been loving it ever since. And so that's given me the opportunity to be able to you know, put my hands in other types of you know ways to to get revenue and hopefully build a legacy at some point.
0: So your core company Robinson Consulting Group handles you know the technology side of things and then how you have an online e-commerce business Mm
1: -hmm.
0: how did that come about?
1: So when I was in college um, I joined a fraternity um, Omega Psi Phi fraternity incorporated And when I joined there I was super involved with my organization. So I actually was rarely on campus because I would be going to other campuses, uh, meeting a lot of my fraternity brothers from different locations. And so I was at a picnic one time and I saw a guy walking around with a backpack of these beaded necklaces um, that you know he was selling with is pretty much Greek paraphernalia that you know you can represent your organization with and so that was roughly at about like 10 in the morning and probably about 3 p.m. his book bag was empty and he had sold them all and so that that kind of you know made me question uh, how can I do that (laughs) so um, roughly around my senior year as I was graduating, knew I was going to move to DC. I actually went to go chat with him and I was like, Hey, um, would definitely like to, to get feedback from you. You know, do you mind if I do this in the DC metro area? Do you have any feedback? And he was super receptive and, you know, gave me some of his feedback. And so I started an online company uh, called Soko's Beads. It's Socosbeads.com. And uh, I started, you know, selling beaded necklaces and T-shirts for uh, members of historically black fraternities and sororities. And so uh, since then, you know, it's just been a, a consistent revenue stream for me and um, I, I have no complaints. And so it went from, uh, you know, being in person at various events uh, to actually completely doing everything online, especially, you know, during these times in COVID-19. And so uh, nothing has skipped a beat and things have been running smoothly.
0: So did he connect you? I have all kinds of questions on the logistics. Did he connect you with the suppliers? Because when you said, hey, I'm going to be in a different area, I'm not going to be competing with you. Did he help you create all those connections?
1: Well, no, what he gave me feedback on was Kind of the, the the marketing perspective, and so I actually went on my own to find a completely different supplier and different ways to you know fulfill the orders, get the orders. Um, one thing that was different between me and him was that he never did anything online, and so all his stuff was in person. And you know, when I was in my let's see, my sophomore year in college was probably when Facebook was still only allowing edu addresses and so like i grew up with facebook and i was like i'm doing everything online because i can get access to more people than just going around <laughs> to events and so um, i set up a website and you know made sure i had all that available for people to pay online and i started to work on calculating you know how much is it actually going to cost me to actually make these and sell these and so when i first started i was definitely selling them less than they should have been. And, and I learned from that <laughs> fairly quickly because I really wasn't making uh, as much money as I wanted. And so I finally got to a specific price point to where, you know, it was actually worth, you know, doing the work.
0: And how did you find customers? So you, cause you did go to events.
1: You'd- yeah. Yeah. And so the, the first, the first way to get customers was just in person. So I went to a lot of in person events. I'm a very personable person and uh, contract attention if needed. And so I definitely wanted to make sure I was able to get that person to person communication. A lot of it was social media. And so between Facebook, Instagram and Twitter, I would just reach out to folks. It could be either through paid advertising or it could be through strategies of uh, just following people and engaging with them to where at some point you know they'll follow you back and organically they'll see what you're doing and be interested in it. Um, you know there were a lot of ways to utilize hashtags, of course, to to find different customers depending on you know what you're looking for, and so. Most of it is online engagement at this point, um, not a lot of in-person stuff, um,
0: yeah. You you just described almost a digital marketing agency right there. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's a whole other topic. Right, uh, right. You're talking about paid advertising, influencers, reaching out is a little bit of PR and digital marketing. And mm-hmm. okay, so then you trans- transitioned to online uh, tell us a little bit because I, when you and I were chatting beforehand, you talked about the processes and procedures so that you know you didn't really have to be in the business all the time. Yeah. What are the kinds of things that you set up around that?
1: So, as an example, um, one of the things that's usually surprising when I tell people so I saw a lot of beaded necklaces, and it's a process to put a beaded necklace together because it's arts and crafts pretty much, and I literally do everyone just because i'm so i would say anal about the quality of it that i haven't trusted a person yet to actually do that everything else as far as like uh clothing like uh, t-shirts and sweatshirts i have all that outsourced but uh, as far as actually making the necklaces i still do that it's kind of a a calming action at home so i don't mind doing it It it's time consuming um but you know i do that a lot um, I buy a lot of my supplies in bulk um, initially I wasn't because I, I didn't have the money at the time to do it but as things built up I just reinvested you know the revenue back into the company so I could have a better price margin on my product so that was one of the things that I, I learned quickly was I got to get everything in bulk one because I have a vision that I'm gonna be doing this for probably forever and so the the business is never going to go out of business, so why not just buy everything at one time and just utilize it at, you know, a cheaper price?
0: So you buy in bulk. Do you store it somewhere or?
1: Yeah, so I actually have a storage unit where I have everything stored, so I probably have wooden beads that would probably last me another 10 years. Like, I probably bought way too many, but I don't have to buy them anytime soon, and so uh, the various suppliers that I've bought from, I'm pretty sure they know my name on a first name basis at some point from the amount of wooden beads that I've purchased from them.
0: So you created uh, like a drop, or you've got drop shipping that handle like the other pieces, like the the, Mm T-shirts, more of the apparel side, some of the other branded items. Uh, the beads you do yourself, which that's amazing. I I did not expect you to say that. And uh, you set up like you, you have, um, uh, what's your e-commerce, like some kind of e-commerce platform?
1: Yeah. So uh, initially, you know, when I graduated, I thought I could just do everything. And I actually, my first website actually coded myself um and i probably shouldn't have spent that much time doing it nowadays i just use wix and so um wix you know is a e-commerce website very plug and play and so um with the apparel um, i have suppliers across different locations on the east coast and midwest where we literally set up google sheets and so you know, with Google Sheets, you can both kind of interact with the spreadsheet and see when people are typing. So anytime I get an order, we already have a a pre-agreed to price for the production, for the shipping, um, for, you know, placing the cards in the package, having the return address and everything taken care of. And so I basically will make the margin based on the pre-agreed cost and, you know, what I'm marketing online. And so, literally it's on my phone. I'll get an order. I'll update the spreadsheet with the shipping location and the item, and then I'll immediately pay the invoice. And it's good for, uh, you know, the suppliers that help me with that because they know it's going to be guaranteed revenue because I've already received the order and received the payment. And so they already know I'm going to pay them as soon as possible, you know, compared to, you know, other industries or maybe, you know, other customers, it may take a while for an invoice to get paid. I'm I'm paying as soon as possible because I was like, yep, I need you to get that order out the door within 48 to 72 hours.
0: I imagine the relationships like you're describing with suppliers. I mean, that's really key. Who can you count on? You developed a process with like you said, the card and what's included and it's all part of your branding. So if they're not keeping that consistency and you don't have that, you know, mutual relationship, they want to get paid, then Mm -hmm. that's going to affect your brand and quite a few other things at some point.
1: Definitely. And thankfully to this day, I'm going to knock on wood, I haven't had one customer Get like the wrong order or the wrong size, and so I, I have some good relationships so far.
0: <laughs> so, what would you describe as some of the cons of this type of business?
1: Um, I would say, well, I would say it depends. I would, one, I would say time consuming, um, but one, I, I kind of make it time consuming for myself, um, you know when it comes to like quality control, um, it can be frustrating if you're working with various suppliers and they're not up to your standard. And so it could be very time consuming if you choose to do it yourself, which for some pieces of that, I do do myself. Um, Trying to think of, other cons per se. Um, I would say one con would be, which is another time consuming, but it could also be a pro too, is, you know, spending the time on social media to engage with people. And so if it doesn't feel personable, a lot of people just won't engage with you. I think social engagement is needed to sell things online nowadays. You can't just prop up, have something for sale and just leave it at that, you know, commenting on people's pictures, having conversations with them. You know, I think that's, that's needed um, at some point. And, and also being able to market a product that's different from the rest. And so uh, with that, you have to make sure that you're spending your time seeing what's popular on social media or what are people talking about? Um, in order to make sure you have something that's, you know, resident in this time. And so uh, there could be a trend for June 2020, and then July 2020, there's a new trend. And so uh, you could stick with the old trend that just is consistent, or you can try to ride the wave.
0: <laughs> so you're still doing quite a bit then on the, in the digital marketing side, it sounds like, because between mm-hmm. social media, I don't know if you're, you know, dealing with SEO and some of those other things as well relating to your website.
1: Yeah, a lot of it is just on um, Twitter and Instagram. So I'm on my cell phone a lot as far as just, you know, seeing what people are talking about, engaging, following, unfollowing, liking pictures, things of that sort. And so um, that that's just one of the things I choose to do. I probably could outsource it all, but I feel like I need to experience it myself in order to, understand how, how everything's works. That's, that's kind of the way I've always been. I could probably read a book on it, but I probably won't believe it until I actually do it.
0: I think something too, you mentioned, because you said you're, you're very much of a social person when you went to the in-person events, like there's a part of you that wants to be, it sounds like connected to your customers Mm -hmm. and what's going on. Plus it probably sounds way more authentic when you're responding versus some kind of an agency. Um, Right. But now I do wonder, how do you balance that while working full-time? Like how, well, you've got your business, so you have some flexibility, but still how do you balance that?
1: Um, You know, entrepreneurship in general is not for uh, the faint-hearted. I would say that for myself, out of 24 hours in a day, let's say I sleep six hours, I'm probably working 17 out of the other 18 hours, and so, Thankfully, my wife is also an entrepreneur, so she understands and has no issue with it because that could cause an issue (laughs) in a relationship. And so I've gotten to the point now where I'm completely fine working every day. I I like working. And so I could could do this every day working on either, you know, my uh, e-commerce website, which is pretty much a sole proprietorship or working on some of my other endeavors.
0: I think maybe we could put the word work into quotes because the connotation is like, Oh, it's something you do that you can't wait to be finished with. And the reality is if you're enjoying it, like. Yeah. It's not not, really
1: like work. Exactly.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Like, is this podcast, is this podcast work? You know, it's not really, but it is something. It's not like I'm just sitting back watching Netflix. I'm Mm -hmm. doing a podcast, but it's so fun. Mm-hmm. So those are those are uh, interesting dynamics to consider.
1: Yeah, and once you understand kind of like the purpose of what you're doing, then yeah, it really does not become work. So my e-commerce website has one specific goal and that can kind of delve into, you know, all types of conversations based on the structure of the company and how it's a pass-through entity and things of that sort. But I understand the, the focus of it. And so even if I don't feel like dealing with orders on a certain day, I'm just like, Oh, I'm just tired. I know specifically why I'm doing it. And so I enjoy doing it.
0: Your why that's it. Your reason. Yeah. What, uh, what advice would you give someone looking to start? Probably now it would be more of an online business, especially with COVID-19 happening. Um, what advice would you give someone?
1: I would say that one, if you're thinking about starting an e-commerce website, just do it. Um, even with, even from anything associated with anything I've ever started, businesses, nonprofits, or, or anything, um, a lot of people are held back because they're too busy thinking about like the worst thing that could happen. The worst thing that could happen is that you never started it and you don't have a business that's helping you progress in life. And so the first thing is just to start. Um, I, I would say the the next thing is to understand who your customer is. Um, once you understand who your customer is, you can completely focus on how to market, what to make. You know, if, you're, if your market is male, female, age, you know, two to a hundred across the United States, you're going to have a hard time creating a product for that and so once you you know have a specific focus you may want to sell something to only business owners, or you might want to sell something to uh, the the late teens and early twenties that are in college that are about to graduate. There's a lot of things they could actually uh, use prior to, to graduation. And so you could have something just for mothers, like you just need to understand what your target market is and focus on that. And I would say the third thing is probably automation. And so at one point in time, you know, I was buying a lot of t-shirts in bulk, selling them out of my house. And then once I got to the point to where it was kind of like an automated type of drop ship uh, operation, it was so much easier. It was so much easier. (laughs) And so as you implement more automation in your processes, it gives you the time to do what you really want to do. So if you want to spend more time with family or if you want to focus on something else to it it can happen now that you can process orders, you know, straight from your phone and don't have to actually, I haven't touched a t-shirt in at least a year and a half, but I sell (laughs) t-shirts.
0: I'm picturing a room in your house with like t-shirts piled up. Like when you, before you did the the drop shipping, like where, or, well, I guess maybe you could put them in the storage unit too, but still.
1: No, they were definitely piled up in the house too.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I actually had in one of our other episodes we had someone who uh, does it has an e-commerce business and her business is focused on baby products Mm -hmm. and she ended up also doing some private labeling. But the same thing where she was like on Sundays, she was packaging everything up and then shipping it out and then she ended up finding a packer and you know figuring Mm -hmm. out those pieces. And I think you're right though. You don't do that all in the beginning. You just start.
1: Yeah, definitely. And and I think when it comes to, you know, outsourcing those packaging, uh, there will be a cost associated, right? But that you have to make sure you weigh the options, you know, with the cost benefit and it it definitely is worth it just because, you know, you choose how much your time is worth. And so if you feel like your time is worth $3 an hour, sure. Have at it and (laughs) do everything. Um, but I wouldn't, I would not recommend that. I would recommend outsourcing or, you know, getting somebody to do specific steps.
0: So basically you, the three things that advice that you would give folks are get started, uh, understand your target market, which I thought was really great because you have a very specific target market and it makes it so much easier because you just filter everything else out and you focus on that market and then adding automation.
1: Yeah. And I definitely want to harp on the get started thing. I, I know so many people that come up to me and say, Hey man, you know, thinking about starting a business and I'm like, okay, cool. Well, look, get started And that. I'll even help give them the steps sometimes. And, you know, four months later, they're still getting started in quotations. Right. And so I think getting started is, is probably the most <laughs> important step that anybody should take. I mean, there there's no, to me, there's no such thing as a loss. You either, You're either going to win or you're going to learn. And so once you have that experience, then you can help the next person out and you'll be able to, you know, be able to, you know, help a person get started. So it's all about getting started.
0: I like exactly what you just said. Win or learn, there is no, there is no loss. And even to the folks who are on the fence about buying, you know, their first real estate property, it's, you know, there's you can analyze it to death, but there's probably a certain point when you just need to jump in. So I, I love that win or learn.
1: Yeah. And, and to keep it in context, um, even if somebody is scared of thinking that, you know, they're either going to lose or even if they feel like they're going to lose money, right. It's not really losing money, especially if you were like me where you started a sole proprietorship LLC, which from a tax perspective is a pass through entity. So, you know, that first year, um, i really didn't make a profit however for anything that i lost in like in negative revenue i was able to just deduct from my initial w2 income so i mean i've had this company since 2010 so i've had it for for 10 years and so maybe those first two years i was able to utilize that company as i was building it up to reduce my taxable income on my w2 job when i first moved here in the dc area so there's always positives to it, no matter how you look at it.
0: Yeah, that's such a great point. And the other thing I would say, too, is that there a lot of things are a slow build, mm-hmm. right? I think... Just entrepreneurship in general, whether you're a W-2 entrepreneur or, Mm. you know, in the whole side hustle culture and all of that, there's a lot of focus on zero to a million in two months or my first year I made, you know, 500K or what I'm just making up these numbers, but, but. (laughs) <laughs> the The reality is you you start somewhere and it grows and consistency is what what makes things grow and there's very few out of the gate rapid success kind of situations
1: yeah and i see i see videos like that all the time across social media or youtube as far as you know i went from zero to 500k but when you actually watch the videos they talk they probably cover about 18 months of work that they really don't really mention really. There, there's a lot of work that happens before you go from zero to 500 K.
0: Exactly. Exactly. They, they condense that part because they would like for everyone to think it's easy, but the reality is um, just getting started. And then over time things build up.
1: Yep. Yep.
0: Awesome. Well, Yuri, tell us where folks can get in touch with you or learn more.
1: Yeah, so actually, uh, my website is literally my name, um, U-R-I, um, URI, robinson.com And so if you want to send me an email, it's literally URI at URIRobinson.com. And, um, you know, we can connect, we'd love to, to talk about anything. That website is specifically for some of the financial coaching that I do. And I'm sure that's, a you know, a whole nother topic. Uh, but that's, that's the email address that folks can contact me at
0: perfect yes we will definitely have you back on because we have two other really great topics to cover thank you so much for joining us today
1: oh no problem i appreciate it
0: thanks for tuning in to the richer geek podcast for today's show notes including links and resources visit us at the dot don't forget to head over to iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts and hit the subscribe button. Help us spread the word by sharing with others who could benefit from listening and leave a rating and review. That'll help us get the podcast in front of more people. I appreciate you. Thanks so much for listening.